Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Mary Harris, WNYC's health editor. For six months, we focused on cancer and how many of us are touched by it. One in two men, one in three women will get this diagnosis. This piece aired on Studio 360. Death in video games is everywhere. In the time it takes me to say this sentence, some 12-year-old somewhere will kill 30 people in Call of Duty. But if just one character dies in a video game, somebody you've spent the whole game caring about, that's brutal. Studio 360's Eric Malinsky has our story. At the Game Developers Conference in 2013, perhaps the most unusual thing was a game about a boy who was dying. The game was made by his father. My name's Ryan Green. This is my wife, Amy. She likes to make fun of me. (laughs) Amy and Ryan grew up in Colorado. Even the name of their town, Loveland, is perfect for a pair of high school sweethearts. They felt like they were living a charmed life until their one-year-old son, Joel, was diagnosed with cancer. He needed emergency surgery and a lot of radiation, and that stunted his intellectual growth, which turned out to be kind of a blessing. For the rest of his life, Joel was blissfully unaware of how much danger he was in. He could, like, express his basic Mm. needs, and he was really good at that, even if he didn't have a word for it. Like, you could just kind of tell by his expressions what he Mm -hmm. wanted or what he needed. But in a lot of ways, he was still a baby. Mm. So we got to, I mean, it was kind of like it was sweet in a way because he was our baby for five years. But you always, like, you wanted to know him more than you could know him. Joel did suffer sometimes. During his first overnight visit to the hospital, he was so thirsty, he kept asking for water. But the water would make him throw up. As a parent, you're just sort of in agony because you're like, oh, I just I want to give you what you want, but I you, I can't give you what you want, and I can't explain to you why I can't give to you what you want. It's hard to even hear about something like that. Your heart breaks. Amy was using her blog as a creative outlet to journal, but Ryan was a data programmer. He was fascinated by video games. And he kept thinking how that moment would have played out in a virtual world. So he told Amy that he was going to make a game about Joel's dehydration. Her reaction? That's the worst idea I've ever heard. Like, that is not a game. No one will play that game. But Ryan had a vision. With the help of a friend, he made a prototype and brought it to the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. People didn't say it was the worst idea they ever heard. One journalist wrote an article for the gaming website unwinnable.com about how the game helped her deal with her own mother's death. So Ryan enlisted a team of friends to help him build a full-length game that would chronicle Joel's treatment. It's called That Dragon, Cancer. So if you line up the, line up the mouth with the bread and you click, you'll, he'll pick up the bread. The first character you control is a duck that Joel is trying to feed by a pond. You can hear the sound of his laughter, which was taken from home videos. The next scene is on a playground. You click when you want to push Joel on the swings, or you can click a phone to hear a voicemail from Amy. It's like you're living their life. In the next scene, you're at a doctor's office. Joel is playing with a speak and say, which is, you know, that classic toy with cows and chickens and ducks. Former Bill plays fetch with the pigs. But on Joel's toy, there are pictures of Amy, Ryan, and the doctors. Pull the string and you can hear their thoughts. I guess I have imagined it. And this is sound of the game. Ryan and Amy are reading monologues that they wrote later on. It's different. If I know how big it is, I can, I can face it. I can size it up. It's quite small at this point, but unfortunately the size isn't terribly important. 
In most games, the player is given a choice with clear outcomes. But they say the goal of their game is to achieve a feeling of grace because there aren't really any choices to make. And there's nothing you can do that will affect the outcome. You know, in our early demo, there's a point at which you can't get Joel to stop crying and, and all that's left to do is pray. Pre- press X to pray. Press X to pray, <laughs> which, which you would think would be uh, kind of trite, but I very much want to make the, this faith thing an uh, invitation thing. It's not something I want to force you to do. You know, it's not press X to bend knee. You know, but it is press X to play because in this scene, I'm there and you're experiencing my thoughts. It was the culmination of that moment in your real life. And it really happened. You know, Mm -hmm. like that night, that's all I had left to do. And that's when peace came to the room. Like that's when Joel fell asleep and, and found comfort. As they kept working on this project, Joel was defying the odds, living years beyond what they were told. The game was supposed to be inspirational because they thought eventually Joel would win. So he had, in the end, like four, 15 tumors that we overcame. F- 15? F- yeah, like, 15 I think tumors. our final... But that was like 15, 15 on a five-year-old Yeah, child. yeah and just, so wow. it was, every few months there'd be some new there'd tumor. There'd be something new, and, um, and he wouldn't be able to walk, and then they'd do the radiation, and then it would work, and then he'd learn to walk again. So we kind of saw miracle after miracle <laughs> after miracle. Our hope was... He's going to beat this, you know, and and we get to document this in a creative way and we get to share it with people. There was just this anticipation that God was telling a good story. And we wanted to be part of that. We wanted to be part of God telling this good story. And after he died, that was, I think, the biggest wrestle of this year was trying to figure out, like, okay, this is not the good story I thought that God was telling um, through Joel and through our family. And so what what matters to me more is how do we handle ourselves in the midst of this story, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of our hopes deferred? Um, How do we handle that heartbreak? And by becoming storytellers. Yeah. Yeah, we become storytellers. But if Joel didn't end up slaying that dragon cancer, what was the point of this project? He died in 2014. And a few days after the funeral, they met with their team of programmers, including Ryan Cousins, as part of the brainstorming session. We kind of whittled it down to what is it like to love Joel, I think we came down to. And that's kind of the, the cornerstone of, of the entire game. Kind of, we went through each act and kind of rewrote them and so that Joel's the, the centerpiece of it. A lot of the levels that focused just on Amy and Ryan were cut. Even the color palette changed. They wanted every scene to feel like a fleeting sunset saturated with yellows, oranges, and purples. And as you keep playing, and it becomes clear that Joel isn't going to make it, the game becomes even more dreamlike and metaphorical. I mean, it's really beautiful. Sound designer John Hillman says they were always careful to refer to it as a video game, not just a game as a shorthand. A game sounds like a set of rules, because that's what a game is. But a video game is a medium, it's an art form. Not everyone was sold. At one show, this guy walked by. He's like, hey, man, what's your game about? And I said something. And he was like, that sounds like a major buzzkill. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it kind of is. But some people got it. At a particular show we were at, a woman was playing. And we thought she was stuck, like something was broken, or she just couldn't get past it. So we were like, hey, you know, this, this is how you move through this. And she was like, oh, I know. I just want to swing Joel. The swing said that was on the virtual playground. 
I mean, the big question is how many people will come home after a long day at work or school and want to play a few levels of that dragon cancer? If they do, it's because it's not really about cancer or death. The object of the game is to love this person as much as you can before time runs out. And in that sense, it's like any important relationship in our lives. This journey isn't over, and it's something that I'm wrestling with right now. I'm wrestling with my faith. I'm wrestling with my disappointment. I miss him. I want to remember him better. I'm forgetting him. This is basically how he mourns. And so, in some ways, when it's done, I don't, I don't know what life looks like for us when it's done. Yeah, but it's like any work of art, you know, once it's done then it takes on its own life. It takes sure. on its own life. And hopefully it will stand on its own. Like, I can't wait, in a way, to see it released and, and let people have a response to it and let it live. Mm-hmm. For Studio 360, I'm Eric Malinsky. Ryan and Amy Green's video game, That Dragon, Cancer, is still being developed, but you can see some images from their work in progress at studio360.org. Our story is part of WNYC's Living Cancer series, a radio companion to Ken Burns Presents Cancer, The Emperor of All Maladies, coming to PBS March 30th. Support for Living Cancer is provided by the Susan and Peter Solomon Family Foundation.